This is Let's Talk Business with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about leadership and some of the struggles associated with building a business. In studio with us today is Rami Rafi, the founder and CEO of Keller Williams Heritage Apartments and Homes, which is the number one Keller Williams office in the world. Rami, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. You bet. Also in studio with us today is Kirby Caden, an executive consultant with over 25 years of assistance experience assisting startups, high growth, and established companies increasing their revenue. Kirby, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I always love talking to great entrepreneurs, so I appreciate the opportunity. Kirby, you got quite the background as well. So you took a pharmacy group from $5.4 million to $13.6 million per month and created a $98 million in annualized growth the first year. That's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal, and it's a little bit shocking once you get into it how easy that can be with the right process, the right customer journey, and more than anything, the right people, the right self organization. And I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And I'm Kian Frith. I am the CEO of a business coaching and executive uh, consulting business called KV Impact. All right. So quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And of course, you can find us on all major platforms such as YouTube, uh, I mean, podcasts, social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, of course. So if you're on any of those, just look us up or you can go to satalkradio.com and you can follow our social media links and uh, follow us on social media. Engage a little bit. Kirby, you follow me on social media yet? Uh, Almost every day. Almost? Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. I love love your podcast. I really do. It's mostly Kean, but I I really enjoy it. It's mostly Kean. I've I've got a face radio. I'm going to cut down on your clips now, Kean. You're going to have less and less time. (laughs) Apparently, we're running too much of you. That's the accent. Apparently, a lot of people are really enjoying my accent. So I think it's working in your favor, and you need to just continue to leverage it. No, we appreciate it. And and the beauty of it is it's only 26 seconds at at a time. So that's good. (laughs) <laughs> we could take you in low doses there, there was going to be another comment there but I'm not going to do that for this oh, show yeah, okay. then you'd have to turn on the closed caption yeah right, right. <laughs> alright so Rami Rafi uh, tell me a little bit about your background uh, how, what led you to where you're at now with Keller Williams uh, well my background uh, I was actually born in Lebanon I'm adopted was brought here at 7 years old um, so there's a civil war going on in Lebanon so I was very fortunate to be here uh, at 17 I joined the military Went to the Air Force, um, was in and out a couple times, um, and then I ended up joining the Army, and I ended up uh, retiring from the Army right around 14 years. Thank you for all your service, Ryan. Yeah, well, thank you for your service. That's a short retirement, 14 years? Yeah, so it was a medical retirement. Okay. I had um, I had an injury uh, from parachuting, so I was a airborne infantryman, so um, I had an injury, and they were like, well, uh, you know, you can't go officer, so we're just gonna retire you, <laughs> and that was wow. and that was that. Um, so I wanted to get out and do something that um, where nobody could tell me what to do, right? Yeah, that's where I was at go. at the moment. Yeah. I was like, all right, you know, I'm done with this. I'm gonna do something. I can do what I want, wear what I want. Nobody has to tell me where to go. You know, <clears throat> like the exact opposite. So my friend suggested real estate. So I just went and got my real estate license, and I had no clue what was going on, and. Um, I was living in Houston at the time, trying to figure out where I want to move to, because that's where I'm from. And um, 
I really, I was seeing someone here in San Antonio, and so I was coming here a lot, and I really liked the area. So I said, you know, what? I'm just gonna move here. So like one weekend, I just packed up my stuff and and just moved here, and um, then I joined Keller Williams Heritage, which is the number one office uh, in Keller Williams uh, on the planet, and um, I was just a regular agent and um, just was doing real estate, uh, learning how to do real estate. It was very difficult. And then I, I ran across an opportunity. Um, and through the relationships I had built, they, they allowed me to start the first ever apartment locating division for Keller Williams. So I did that and I didn't know what I had signed up for and um, a lot of challenges, um, but here I am. So this is the beginning of our third year. So good for you. Wow. How big is your team? So it, it fluctuates uh, right now, but we're sitting about 17 to 20 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of one of the challenges that I want to talk about today. Yeah. Is, so when it comes to how do you run a team like that? I mean, what's it take? Um, a lot of structure. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges of running a team like this is, is hiring. Uh, that's probably the biggest um, challenge, getting the right people Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, getting the right people on your on your team and making sure that they're motivated and ready to come work every single day, and that they have the tools and resources. Um, so yeah. You have to Both have congruent, yeah, more than anything, yeah. So, so, how have you achieved that? My experience, obviously, I'm not from here. Mm-hmm. I've got the English accent, which Mark's trying to leverage. Um, but my, <laughs> my my experience here has been that people. I haven't got quite the same work ethic to what I'm used to across the pond mm. in the UK and in the offshore world as well. So how are you recruiting and then really motivating people so that they stay? Because you've got this whole at will here, which I'm so not used to. Yeah. Um, highly alien to me. So it's, it's how- um, that's something that's a challenge that I'm, I'm learning to overcome now. OK, so um, <clears throat> I'll give you a small example from my mm. military time uh, back in 2003 when I joined and you know, those early years for me, we had certain disciplines in the military. You would shine your boots, you would start your, you know, BDUs back back then. Um, You know, you had a haircut every week. So you were very structured, right? And over time, what you started to notice is the the military just made it easier. So you started to lose the small disciplines. Then they gave you wash and wear uniforms, and then they gave you like suede boots, right? So you're never... So you lose your small disciplines, right, which in turn just makes you a lazier soldier, right? So when you were walking around before, you could see somebody, how sharp somebody was based on how they looked, right? And now Mm -hmm. you can't anymore because everybody looks the same, almost. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of been the same thing, and it's a challenge for me also uh, transitioning from the military to the civilian world and learning a different type of leadership. Right. And uh, it's a different generation for sure. Um, So it's more based off of motivation and and those kind of things rather than discipline. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see that with the when you're hiring and you you talk to the the younger crowd and the older crowd. Right. Um, They seem to be a little bit more, I don't say entitled. Right. They expect a little bit more. And so you have to your leadership has to change to accommodate that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So coming from the military where everything is very structured, just do what I say. But if you come out in the civilian world and working with contractors, especially, and you try to do that, it doesn't work. Right. And you, so 
you can do that, but you'll get a certain result, right? And then that's not the result. Rami, let me let me ask you a question. Do you think that you can change somebody, particularly in a sales role? No. Yeah. You can't change some. Um, uh, not in my experience. I have not been able to change anyone. Right. Change um, or train, or neither. The, the point is that look, there's research out there. Of, there was a study done of over two million um, salespeople. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're, you have salespeople, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, out of two million people, mm -hmm. um, it was found that only six percent of them were elite. 20% of them were okay, and they got their elite was defined as you're going to get to the top half of your sales team within six months or so. The other 20% took a little bit longer, but fully 76% of, I'm sorry, 74% of, of those newly minted sales hires were a complete waste of money. And the truth of it is, and what I've found through my personal work and making mistakes uh, hiring people, and then ultimately with my clients, is you can't change what somebody is. That this is on their DNA, yeah. and there's not a thing you can do about it other than giving them training and fortifying their education and um, inspiring their mm -hmm. work and rolling up your sleeves and all that. They either got it or they don't. Yeah, and uh, your job, I think, um, well, talking about me specifically, my job is to create uh, the right culture, to create the right environment and to provide the agents the right training and tools and give them the right resources so mm -hmm. they can do their job efficiently, right? And once you have that in place, mm -hmm. um, you can hire the people that fit your culture, right? Because it's well-defined, mm -hmm. right? You know what you're looking for. Right. Um, and you have performance standards, right? Because um, if you don't, then you have people just doing whatever they want, right? Um, and once you have all that stuff in place, Right, and you build out your systems and models. It's much easier to hire somebody that fits into that role than if you don't have those things defined, and you're just trying to hire people to just come work for you. Right. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I tried that. So in the beginning, it was like, "Hey, we're starting an apartment locating division." Right? Like, "Hey, just come join. You want to do apartments? Come join." And my turnover was every three months, I would lose my entire team. Yeah. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> and then I'd have to bring on more people, right? And then I'd have to deal with like personality issues and um, conflicts and uh, personal, you know, things that didn't belong in the workplace. And uh, it was just, it was a disaster, right? And then um, I eventually got a mentor uh, who is um, the owner of Keller Williams Heritage. Um, and he's helped me significantly. And he, the first thing he told me was, you have to learn how to hire first thing. And so he sent me to a course and I learned how to hire. Um, and our hiring process is considerably different than what you'd see in the real estate market. Um, um, my people go through anywhere from three to five interviews, about an hour to an hour and a half each. They'll do a personality assessment before they join. Um, so by the time they end up on the team, not only have they earned their way there, but they feel like they're already kind of a part of the team. Mm. Um, so that is huge, especially in real estate. So that's one of the uh, biggest things that you'll see in real estate is agents jumping from brokerage to brokerage, mm. right? Because they're, cha they're, they're chasing the split instead of chasing the right environment and the right team, right? And seeing like, hey, I belong here. And what is the potential for me to grow here, right? They just see a different split and they're like, oh, I, you know, especially right now, um, the market's been slow. So everybody's trying to make their dollar stretch, right? So what do they do? They start jo joining um, 
brokerages that are 100% or offer higher splits or whatever. Then they get there and they're like, wait a minute. There's nobody here. Like, where's all the training? Where's uh, the environment? Where's the structure? There's not even an office, right? Like, and so you end up becoming this totally different realtor, right? When if you had the support and you had the right environment and you had the right people, yeah, you could probably flourish and grow and become, yeah, you know, somebody else. So, would you say now that um, with the approach that you're taking? With your leadership experience, the structure and process you put in place, the culture you're developing there, that that's setting you apart totally in your business sector here in San Antonio, mm -hmm. which is highly competitive. Like, no, wherever you turn in San Antonio, yeah. you either bump into a business coach or a realtor. Or a realtor. <laughs> or a New York lifer. Uh, um, <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's neighbor is a realtor, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's completely different. The leadership is completely different. Coming um, out of the military, and is that your uh, military leadership that you're now adopting? No, into it. No. So um, your le leadership style is changing. To my re civilian my leadership, leadership style has transformed 180. Okay. Um, was that is, uncomfortable? Uh, I, it's still changing because uh, there's still people who are like, "Hey, man, like you, you need to kind of take it easy, <laughs> right? Like this isn't the military. We know you came from the military, and this isn't the military." And I'm like, "Yeah, but like there's still." So you staff don't have to clean your boots for you or anything? No. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it had to change because in the military, it's kind of like just do what you're told, right? So if you're a sergeant or, you know, you have people under you uh, that you're taking care of, um, you just basically tell them what to do, right? And you do what you see fit, right, based on the orders that you're given, mm. right? In the civilian world, especially now, and especially in real estate, when you're dealing with contractors— it's more about motivation. You have well, to buy in. Yeah. So the the people want buy in mm -hmm. uh, these days. Yeah, and so you also have to get their buy in, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the buy in comes from the very long um, interview process, right? And then setting the expectations that this is how things work here, right? Which also means you have to be organized. You have to know what you're offering, right? Um, so when people join and you're like, hey, look. Um, you're joining our team and this is the way our team runs, right? Um, do you want to be here and are these the things that you're okay with, you know? Um, are you okay with me calling you and being like, hey, did you follow up with your leads? Are you okay with showing up to meetings, right? Because you're an independent contractor, right? I mean, you, I can't tell you to show up at a certain time or at a certain place, which is the exact opposite right. of the military, right? You're like, hey, show up here at this time, wear this right? Mm -hmm. Bring the right attitude, right? Now it's like, hey guys, you know, we have a meeting. So how do you get somebody to go to a meeting that when they're not, when you can't tell them they have to be at a certain place? Said, a we certain do time. it as a culture. We and do. then there's an expectation hanging there. Exactly. And even more than that, Rami, is you're teaching them how to be very, very successful. You're not asking them, are you prepared to go along and put your train on this track? But yeah. I am in a position to make you disproportionately successful if you follow uh, this this sort of cultural yeah. path. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. And that's what makes it sticky, I think, right? Yeah, it does. And that's part of the culture that, that you have is when you're setting the performance standards and you're setting the expectations, they sign on that before they even start working in your organization. So you have a piece of paper and you say, here's my expectations. You have to produce this much. Mm -hmm. If you can't... Um, that's okay, 
um, but we can't have you on the team, right? Because we are also a business and we also have to pay for certain things. The technology you're using, we pay that out of your split, right? Like the training that you're getting, we pay that out of your split. The guy who's working accounting to pay your invoices, we have to pay that out of your split. So, um, yes, you could go to a place that's 100% commission, but uh, what are you going to get, right? And so I try to condition the agents and let them know that if you're thinking like a business person, right, I'm giving you tools to give you your time back, right? Um, in apartment locating, one of the biggest things that you're going to run into is invoice collection. So uh, a lot of pay, uh, apartments don't pay out 30, 60, 90, 120 days out. So you're working now, but you're not getting paid till later. And they'll slow slow roll you forever if they can, right? Indeed. If you're not yep. consistent with the follow-ups. So that's a lot of time per week spending chasing invoicing, right? But if I can give you a guy that says, hey, all your invoicing is taken care of, you focus on leasing. If I can give you a CRM, right? These are all tools, right, mm -hmm. that we built. And it says, hey, I'll give you your time back. You don't have to fill out paperwork. The system does it for you, right? If I can give you an office to work out of, right? Now you're getting all, all these tools and resources. Now you, what you should be able to do is take that time that you were spending doing all that stuff and be able to create more income. Mm -hmm. Right, definitely. So what's happened to your retention now that you've implemented all these great cultural moves? Um, well, a couple things, right? Uh, we had some people on the team from uh, previously who I didn't, didn't go through the interview process. And as we continue to grow and shape our culture, some of those people don't fit, right? So you have to, that always happens. they have to go. Um, and, and did they naturally go? Uh, some of them realized that yeah. actually the you culture kind of, didn't suit where they were at. They yeah. didn't, they weren't aligning with it. Yeah. So, uh, there came a point when I, I realized that I needed to do a cultural shift and I needed mm -hmm. to define what the company stood for and how we operated. And as soon as I did that, I noticed a couple things. Um, one, the people who didn't belong ended up leaving because they don't want to be a part of what yeah. we're doing. They did right? you a favor. Yeah, absolutely. You're so grateful. some, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Um, some of them were really great producers. Uh, some of my top producers at that time, you know, they all left um, because the culture didn't fit, right? Um, but as we continued to develop our, our culture and I set those standards, another great thing happened. I started uh, being able to hire through attraction and not from promotion, right. which, mean, I, which means I was able to set the standard for what the the company stood for and what we represent and, and things like that. I want to back up because you said a really, really critical thing that one's instinct would tell you never to do. Don't, don't chase away your top your performers. Top producers, yeah. But the value of that is exponential Indeed. because Absolutely. you yeah. are setting an example to any, to everybody really what, what, what is important and sacrosanct to the success of everybody. And by doing that and say that nobody is an outlier in terms of cultural values yeah, and mission, vision, all that, you're, you're establishing a culture that is uh, permanent. Yeah, yeah that, the culture that's, is... That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It's a huge deal, especially if you want to grow. Yeah. Um, you can you stay go. small and have those right. issues, right, because you can kind of handle them. But if you really want to grow and you want to have a team that works in mm -hmm. sync... Um, you really have to create that culture. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting, um, you know, 
Kirby, you've probably worked with a lot of businesses in your very long career so far. Um, I, I've worked in a few, um, a lot. And a lot of the civilian leaders, they don't have that approach to culture. They don't understand what the business stands for. And they're willing to lower their standards far too frequently. Yeah, just for absolutely. the rev. Just for you're, the rev. You're absolutely right. And so they take the short-term gain for a longer-term pain because they haven't put that effort in. Now, you're smiling. So yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> feeling that you have maybe a view there because your leadership from the military perspective, you brought into the workplace, you've had to change and adapt, you have to do some 180s, but there's still some core to you that says, I need to do something about culture and so forth, and I'm taking these steps to go and do things. But do you find that so many people in civilian leadership running businesses, like I've seen it so many times where it's poor, you, you must be seeing it. And, and yeah. what do you think that someone who's listened to this right this second could learn from you, apart from just the culture, is there anything else that you'd be saying, you need to be hearing this yeah. if you're going to go make your business successful with Absolutely. really good leadership. Absolutely. The number one thing that stands out in my mind is the, the cost of a bad hire is exponential. Definitely. It will destroy your entire company. It could destroy your entire company yeah. if you hire the wrong person. Indeed. I, I like to think of it more like marriage, right? You spend a lot of time with these people. You're spending a lot of time working with them. And so, um, you know, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, sometimes more. Um, and so you have to be able to get along with them. They have to be able to, you have to know how they take feedback, how they take mm -hmm. criticism. And everybody's different. And that's part of the interview process. But like the cost of a bad hire, to it will kill your culture. And so what and, I see. And your bottom line, if I can add that. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, I've worked as a CFO in a number of organizations. Uh, and if you haven't got a grip on turnover, it's not literally just the cost of, you know, the, the onboarding and offboarding it's actually the fact that they weren't successful whilst they were with you you lost that utilization you lost that effectiveness mm -hmm. and so it is literally just being cost yeah um right. and, and that's painful it and is. so as a cfo I, I applaud you for the approach that you're taking and i wish far more leaders business owners would do exactly the same thing and get a grip of it Great. i mean there's some businesses here they're hemorrhaging staff it's and they're going why yeah. am i wh why am i hemorrhaging staff well Actually, let's take a good look at your business, and I think we can probably find it pretty darn quickly. It's you know? usually the people. But they're not willing to face up to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's you know? usually the people. It's usually the people. And uh, the problem Almost in real right. estate is mm. uh, that I see um, is people chase money, and they don't chase relationships. And relationships are really what's going to make or break your business, especially in real estate. Um, in the longer term. In, yeah. Especially like in the longer yeah. term. Perspective as opposed to transactional perspective. Yes. So if you want to lead generate for the rest of your life, be transactional. But if you want to have a referral-based business where people call you and you're just able to just work without having to lead generate like that, mm -hmm. those are all built off relationships and trust. And I think um, what's happening is people are chasing the money, and anytime you chase money, it will run from you. Indeed. That's why I tell people all the time. <laughs> Stop chasing the money. Offer some sort of value to people. And when you offer them value, they will give you their money. That's just how it works. And it works like that in real estate probably more than anything because it's a relationship-based. Mm -hmm. And so you see um, you see these brokerages popping up like EXP or LPT or Real or whatever. And it's not relationship-based, right? It's meant to give you freedom of work as a real estate agent, right? Um, there's not really offices, right? Um, it's not relationship-based. Mm -hmm. um, 
And for us, we have a crazy, we have a $10 million building. That's our office. So, um, you know, Craig built that. Uh, Craig is the owner. He built that during COVID when everybody was going the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So why would he do that? You know, because he really truly believes in relationships and relationships are what's built his company. He has 1,100 to 1,200 agents in his market center mm-hmm. alone in one market center, That's amazing. which is unheard of. It's a gorgeous building. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, like nothing I've ever seen. And so why, why would somebody uh, go and, and invest that much money during COVID when everybody's like, oh, you know, the office is dead and, you know, nobody's going to go back to work and everybody's going to work from home now because it's based on relationships. And we're doing so, better than So ever. you've been successful trying to find the alchemy to uh, build a culture and a real estate business mm-hmm. uh, on a residential level. Um, do you work with other offices and help them to achieve the same? Um, not yet, but we, we, will, we will get there. Um, like we're opening our Houston office now for apartment locating. Um, so we are the fastest growing apartment locating company. Probably in Texas. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Not only in production, but also with with our agents. That, that is awesome. I mean, the, the the speed of growth has been exceptional. Yeah. So the, the thing that goes through my mind then as a CFO is like, okay, so where's it going to be in three years' time? What's going to yeah. look like in five years' time? You know, is is this multiple offices? Is this U.S. wide? I mean, Kirby's got a smile on his face. He's like, yes, I see growth here. <laughs> you know, what's it look like? For me. Um, before I even started, I already had the vision that I wanted this to be nationwide. So that's that's been my goal since before I even started the company. So everything I'm building, mm-hmm. all my systems, all my models, all, everything is based off of we're going to be nationwide. Um, so we're definitely going to be taking over Texas um, first, right? And when we get all our market centers up in Texas and everything's flowing, you know, it's like one taco stand at a time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like the fact you're taking over yeah. Texas. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty bold statement. Yeah, something subtle. Yeah. yeah. Sort yeah. of an overnight thing. Yeah. It, it uh, was my goal before I started. Yeah. You know, I think one of the aspects of leadership is just having a vision, right? And being able to communicate that vision to the people that work with you, right? Not necessarily for you, but with you. Um, and for them to have buy-in, like mm-hmm. you were saying, on on your vision. If you look at like Elon how is he building multi-billion dollar companies so fast? You know, because he has a vision and people believe in his vision, right? Yeah. And they follow him. But, but it's really interesting. Um, the word vision there, I don't hear about it enough in, in businesses. And you know, without vision, a business, a person will perish. Yeah. And, and it's actually one of the things that I ask for when I ask for a plan on a page with people that I'm working with is I want your vision at the top. And they, they kind of, some people will look at me like, what do you mean my vision? It's like, right, well, yeah. where, where do you want to be? <laughs> why, why are you doing this business? You yeah. know? So I'm so pleased to hear you have a vision. Is, is it changing? Is, is it something you revise and go, wait a minute, actually, that's, that's too small a vision now because we've had such rapid growth. Actually, I'm going to revise that. I, I want to go and do something that's even bigger. Yeah, you know? so, so we had something a goal. It's really audacious, you know? Yeah, it it does. It'll change as, as you grow because your mindset changes, right? And and Indeed. your And your... your Hopefully, your mindset expands. Mm-hmm. You know, Grant Cardone talks about 10x. It's a yeah. real thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. Um, and so when you start to think bigger and you're open to thinking bigger, I'll give you an example. 
if I told you, um, <clears throat> okay, hey, I want you to produce uh, $5,000 um, in apartment production per month. That's not really that hard, right? Average lease of San Antonio is like 1300 If you're working 40 hours a week, you can get a couple of leases, right, um, per month, right, and hit that 5K. You would have an idea in your head of what you would need to do to get there, right? So then if I told you, okay, and now I need you to produce 50000 in production per month, now it's a totally different game. Or maybe 500000 in apartment production per month. It requires a totally different mindset. It requires different tools, different Definitely. everything, right? Now you have to learn how to leverage. Now you have to learn how to, you know, uh, create success through others. And that's really, that's really what it is. Right. So as your as your mindset grows, um, your vision is going to grow, too. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs who, who've made it big and they're like, yeah, I mean, if you look at Alex Hormozzi, I, I don't know if you guys know who he is. Yeah. So he was talking about when he figured out that he could sell his model over the phone rather than having to he owned gym launch. So he would go and open up a gym. Right. And get them started and all this stuff. Well, he ran into a lot of issues, and then eventually he was like, well, maybe I'll do something else. But then a guy approached him and was like, look, dude, I just need the model. So he's like, okay. And he's like, I'll give you the model. He's like, how much? He's like, the biggest number he could think of was like $6,000, right? <laughs> so he did that, and the guy was like, done. And he was like, oh, that was easy. So he just like saved a whole month's worth of work, right? And so uh, the next guy called, and he was like, all right, 10000 And he was like, done. And he was like, okay, so... You know, he started, he, his vision started to grow, and, and then as his vision started to grow, he also realized kind of what he had, and so he continued to develop that and develop that. And now he does, you know, $100 million in revenue. So, mm -hmm. like, that's... that's I, want, a, I want to go back to your exponential growth that you've experienced. I've got to think that if uh, the realtors are ubiquitous, right, they're out there, and they're probably very interested in finding out what your pixie dust is, right. <laughs> they want to know what your secret sauce is and how they can get involved in something with such uh, amazing exponential growth. Um, well, uh, one is we're very we're very selective, right? Because again, the culture. Um, two, I think if you're looking to find somewhere to work, that I think you have to look at a couple things. One, um, the people who work there. Do you do you get along with the people that work there? Are you comfortable with how they do business, right? Um, what's the support look like, right? When you need help, is somebody going to pick up the phone, right? Do you have the right tools? Are they going to provide you with the right tools to be able to be do what you need to do, yeah, yeah. right? Um, all these things are, are really very crucial when you're looking for a job. But unfortunately, what happens with a lot of realtors is they just chase the split. And so what they don't understand is if you have the right environment and you have the right tools and you have the right support you can produce significantly more and so the split doesn't really matter right because if i can teach you how to make fifteen thousand dollars a month when you're making five right and i'm taking just a little bit more than i would normally take for the split right you're making a lot more money mm -hmm. you know double triple your money so um a lot of a lot of realtors are just not not business minded. They think, how can I make my dollar stretch instead of how can I increase my income? 
when you're right. weeding those folks out through your application process, right? Correct. When they're yeah. going to come through, which is really smart. A hundred percent of zero is, is exactly it's hard to pay your bills with that. Yeah, that's what I that's what I tell them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Have, have I got time for one more question? One more. One more. If I was to walk through your office and talk to your staff, mm-hmm. how would they describe your business right now? Um, that's a good question. How would they describe my business? They'd be like, what I've heard for me, the question I get is, how are you doing it? When everybody else is shrinking, you're growing. Okay. Um, so I think they would describe my business as um, uh, growth-friendly. Um, the, the agents are helpful. The, uh, they're collaborative. Um, they're available. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about me, right? It's about what the, what the agents do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're high, they're high performers. They're high performers. Do you think that nice. some of that's from your hiring process? Is that how you're getting high performers, or is it a cultural development thing? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, yeah. The hiring process, I, I look for people who are, who are motivated or show signs of, of motivation. One of the first questions I ask before I even have an interview, so we have, let's say you call me and you're like, hey, I'm interested in coming to work with you, right? being apartment locator, I say, okay, so let's meet. So we'll sit down and we'll talk. And then one of the first questions I ask, like, what's your work day look like? Good for you. And if, if I hear anything other than I work like crazy hours, then you're probably not a good fit, right? Because a high performance culture is based on work ethic. Yeah. High right? performance. <laughs> yeah. High performance. Exactly. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It doesn't come cheap. Um, yeah. And um, so, you know, I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm a, I'm part-time. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not a good fit. Uh, thanks. Let me know when you're working full-time and we'll, we'll come back to, you know, we'll come back and, we'll and revisit talk about Yeah, we'll revisit. So uh, that's a, one of the first questions I ask because I don't want to, uh, my goal is not to just hire anyone and everyone so I can make I can a lot of money <laughs> in real estate, right? You, I can go to uh, like champion school of real estate, right? And I can recruit everyone. I can sell them all on becoming apartment locators and because they can do apartments and homes with us. So I can sell them all on that vision, right? And then just throw spaghetti at the wall and kind of see what sticks. But that doesn't really work, right? Then you just have this culture of turnover, right? Yep. And that's not really what we're trying. Yeah. And then you have to scrap it and start all over again, probably, right? Exactly. And the the cost of training. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, imagine training somebody and then like, 30 days le- later, they're gone. Yep. Yeah. They haven't even made it through the 90-day, like, probationary period we have. You know, like, they're gone. Yeah. You know, crazy. so it's like, hey, I put all this time. And you imagine doing that on scale, right? 5, 10, 15 You pull people, your hair out. Home. It's crazy. Well, some, some can. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I've really enjoyed this. And I know that we're kind of having to get towards the end of it. I've got so many more questions for you. I'd love to have you back on the show again. Of um, course. To, us, to of course, expand yeah. this conversation. All right, Rami, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, well, you can give me a call. <laughs> uh, so it's 713-440-9407. You can also shoot me an email. Um, I don't, Do we put that in the comments? Or? Yeah, sure. Where, where do you hang out on social media? Uh, so we have our, our business page. It's uh, Apartments and Homes on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also Keller Williams Heritage Apartments and Homes on Google. You can find us. So Yeah, I've uh, seen your Instagram. It's, it's 
Nice. Hey, you guys thanks. are doing a great job on the videos and stuff there. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, we have a videographer. That's part of kind of what we offer the agents is free videography. So which, like, Very good. It's pretty hard to compete with. Yeah. No joke. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast. Catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for this one. Uh, great job, Rami. Is this Thank your you. first podcast? This is my first podcast, yeah. Pleasure to meet you. Did a nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thank you. Thanks.